0: Hello there, spooky people, and welcome to another episode. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles.
1: And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And, and this, this is my, is my spooky, spooky gay family. Ooh.
0: Hello Sam. Hello Pissy. What's going on?
1: Not a whole heck of a lot. I'm here. <laughs> as always.
0: That's always your answer. I'm going to have to, I'm going to assign you uh, a hobby every week that you have to, you have, <laughs> have to, to, to complete on. one thing and report on it.
1: <laughs> well I'm not supposed to be doing anything this week.
0: because But that's almost more exciting. Is it? Yeah. Because now you have time to do other more uh, surprising things. You can't be like, well, I worked, and that's all I did. Now you have to tell us all the other things you did with your day. <laughs> it's really just reading. Like it's you wake up, you read, and you go to
1: bed. Pretty much.
0: Like Sam Baxter, I'm going. <laughs> I'm assigning you one interesting thing to do a day, just so that you have things to talk about for the rest of the year. I swear to God, <laughs> what do you do with yourself? What did you make for dinner last night?
1: Um, we had salmon and quinoa.
0: That sounds disgusting. <laughs> salmon? Why?
1: Because I, uh, Sarah, and I like salmon. You like it? Yeah.
0: How do you cook it? I broil it. And that's it? You don't like put anything on well,
1: it? Well, yeah, I put like spices and stuff on it.
0: My but... God, it's <laughs> like pulling teeth, getting you to talk about <laughs> something.
1: Jesus. <laughs> what did you eat for dinner? I'm just curious. I was serious. I was, it was salmon <laughs> with salt and pepper on it under the broiler and quinoa. That's it? Yeah. That
0: sounds so boring.
1: I'm on a diet. What do you uh. want from me?
0: <laughs> well, couldn't you put like fun things on it? What do you usually dress a salmon with?
1: Uh, Usually I do like garlic powder and maybe a little bit of onion powder. Like nothing, nothing crazy because when you put it under the broiler, if you put like some of the spices will burn so i don't want to use any of the like weird stuff we also have um a hickory smoke spice that Mm. we get from the name of the spice store escapes me but there's one in westfield and there's one in peddler's village in new hope
0: oh it's the same store yeah oh i didn't know that you're probably honestly closer to new hope though yes we are (laughs) You would think that, like, oh, Westfield is so much closer, I'll just go there. But it's like, when I really think about it, I'm like, huh, it's probably closer to just go to Peddler's Village.
1: Probably, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, we use that on the salmon sometimes, but again, that will burn if I put it under the broiler, so. Mm.
0: Could you, like, could you just throw it on in the last, like, two minutes?
1: I guess I could, but that's more effort than I wanted to put forward last night. (laughs) (laughs) But you like to cook. I do like to cook.
0: What's your favorite
1: thing to cook? I was tired last night. (laughs) I couldn't do it. I don't know what my favorite thing to cook is. It's a really... It's actually kind of funny, because this answer is weird, because I don't like eating ribs, but I Mm. love cooking ribs. How strange. Why do you like cooking them? Because I get to, like, pull out my smoke chips and, like, keep the grill on for, like, six hours. Mm-hmm. On just and like a low heat, yeah, and it's just it's a it's a lot of fun for me, and I make my own barbecue sauce, so it's like out of what? It's ketchup and molasses and some spices. Hmm.
0: I think molasses would literally kill me. Probably. But uh, it sounds delicious.
1: Yeah, no, it come it comes out pretty good usually.
0: I've never made barbecue sauce. You know, th- it's really hard to find a good sugar-free barbecue sauce.
1: I would imagine because you want the sugar in the barbecue sauce so it gets that nice Carmely. crust on it. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Diabetes is no fun, kids. Don't do it. I give, I give it a one out of ten.
1: I could make you dry rubbed ribs. That would probably be me.
0: I hate dry rubbed anything. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just like, it's so dry. It's like <laughs> toast. <laughs> toast saceno. <laughs> I hate it. I, I, it's like... Everyone's like, oh, you could do this thing. You you could do the most delicious chicken recipe. Uh, th- you could have barbecued chicken. I'm like, that sounds delicious. What's in it? And they're like, well, it's sugar and then just carbs. You just put <laughs> carbs on the chicken and then you grill it in, th- and the fire is lit with carbohydrates. And then you throw sugar on the fire and it coats the chicken. And I'm like, okay, good. So how would you modify this for a diabetic? And they're like, well... I could make you a dry rub. it's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Nobody wants your dry ass chicken.
1: See, I like dry rubs. I
0: hate it. It's so gross. It's
1: okay. I actually like dry rubbed ribs better than the ones with barbecue sauce on them. But again, I don't really eat ribs that much.
0: But they're so like unsatisfying. They're so like just, it's just meat then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but the meat tastes good. And you still have the experience of like tearing it off with your teeth, which but I'm told it. Dry rubs enjoy. tend
0: to be so salty.
1: See, mine is usually more garlic heavy.
0: Even then, it's like, it just feels like you've like. A dry rub to me always tastes like you dropped it and didn't want anyone to know. Like, that's what dry rub tastes like to me. Every dry rub is just like, shh, five second rule. Like, I... but you did it like on the driveway, not in the kitchen. You, you like. You dropped the package as you were getting in the car. It hooked around the exhaust pipe and you dragged it home and then you were like, "Well, we'll call it a dry rub."
1: <laughs> See, I like dry rubs, but it's mostly because I make up my own and I like playing with the different spices and I have fun making it, so I think I enjoy it more.
0: I would like a dry rub if it was uh if it was added to a barbecue sauce. That's fair. And then you could like not make it a dry rub. It's just a barbecue sauce with flavoring.
1: I mean, you could also just put the spices in the barbecue sauce and skip the dry rub.
0: So. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it, at that point, just turn it into a, a spicy barbecue sauce. <laughs> if you're listening and you know a good sugar-free barbecue sauce, <laughs> now's the time to let us know because I'm literally having a meltdown. I'm I
1: like, there has to be something you could use to replace the molasses.
0: I mean there are like you could probably use brown sugar
1: and there yeah, that's are, not going to be helpful either.
0: Well, there are sweeteners that are are there are like sugar-free brown sugars. Okay, that's not. Swerve actually is my favorite. Swerve makes a a, a sh- carbohydrate-free sugar or a brown sugar. Okay. And I use it all the time and it works well. Good. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll make my own I'll make my own barbecue sauce with brown sugar and sugar-free <laughs> ketchup. Uh yeah, so that's my deal. I uh I'm I don't know what I like to cook the most. I really do love making shepherd's pie. Uh I also really, really love making meatball parm. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to do is just make meatball parm in a skillet and then I don't even make I don't even like put it on sandwiches. I just like eat the meatballs and cheese and and tomato <laughs> sauce and pray that my body doesn't just like lose its fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of impossible. Do you
1: make your own tomato sauce?
0: I do, not every time, but I I I've been known to. It's not hard.
1: No, it's really not.
0: I used to think it was such a process and that it was like something that really took a lot of work, and it's really not. No. You can make a good tomato sauce in like half an hour. Yeah. And then you get into the like, oh, my grandmother cooked it for eight hours over a low heat. It's like, that's fine. But <laughs> you can make your own tomato sauce in about 45 minutes if you really want to. Yeah. And it tastes good. It does. Not even like objectionable in any I- way.
1: I don't add sugar to mine. I know that a lot of people do, but I do not add sugar to mine.
0: I've done it. I've done it without. I don't really. I, I, I'm not offended by it. If you add yeah. sugar, I like it. If you don't, I like it too. I like it more when it's like basil heavy. Mm-hmm. That's really what I like. I like the kind of fresh taste of, of the tomatoes and herbs. Okay. I like fresh basil. I like fresh oregano uh sage I really like in in my tomato sauce mm-hmm. thyme rosemary I, those <laughs> like really earthy herbs are what I like in my in my tomato sauces
1: no parsley though
0: I can do parsley but parsley becomes overwhelming very quickly to me That's I don't fair. know why basil basil tastes fresher to me basil 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 Basil, uh, don't they call it basil in England?
1: I mean, probably because that's how the name is pronounced. But like,
0: mm. like the
1: proper name is is basil.
0: basil, and then the herb is basil.
1: I think so. That's what I'm. But going I could with. be wrong. <laughs>
0: this is a riveting conversation. We're doing real well so far. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome back, kids, to another episode of my spooky gay family. We are very excited to be back. Uh. This is a, a special episode today. We do have a, a really fun conversation, but also we have some fun news. Do uh, we? We do. I don't know if you knew this. I think Probably David... not
1: because no one ever tells me the news before I'm sitting here. That's not
0: true. David <laughs> told us this. Uh, we officially hit fifty thousand downloads on our podcast. Yay. Of all, overall time, not like last week. We hit we hit fifty thousand <laughs> downloads of my spooky gay family, and we just wanted to say a great big thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you're listening and you have downloaded an episode recently, thank you. We we love that everybody's getting a kick out of it. You know, I did um, I did an event up in New London, Connecticut, this weekend mm-hmm. that was pretty crazy, and several different people came up to me to say how much they love my spooky gay family That's after cool. the event. And I was like, "Huh. It it really must be it really must be getting out there because people are coming up to me to say that they love it. And I even had one person say to me that they were disappointed in me <laughs> because I didn't plug my spooky gay family at the end of the show. And I was like, "Well, I can't <laughs> plug it at the end of every show. Like I I I do have kind of I don't want to say two separate careers because they're very much linked, but" You know, my spooky gay family is my spooky gay family, and Pissy Miles is Pissy Miles, and I go and do Pissy Miles shows, and then I do my spooky gay family shows, and
1: they're linked, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, I I don't... No, but there's still that, like, separation a little bit.
0: I mean, by the skin of their teeth. I I, I promote my spooky gay family and drag all the time, but not at every show. I think it would be overkill.
1: I mean, I guess that's fair. I have no platform. I was, like... Super stoked today I hit 25 followers on Twitter. <laughs> 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 on my personal Twitter account. <laughs> your
0: personal Twitter account. What yes. do you tweet on your personal Twitter?
1: Uh, Writing stuff, mostly. Um, like memes? No, like funny shit I think about writing. Usually it's whining.
0: I like whining.
1: It's mostly funny whining. If
0: you're a listener, go find Sam Baxter's personal Twitter account. What is your Twitter handle? It's
1: um, sbbax with two X's.
0: S-B, as in boy. Yes. Bax. Mm-hmm. B-A-X-X. Yep, that's it. Go follow right now. We'll wait.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can also find me if you look through my Spooky Gay Family stuff because...
0: It gets tagged. It, it gets tagged. Yeah. I have a Twitter. I really don't use it, if I'm being honest.
1: I don't, that's I, a shame.
0: I don't find I have a reason. And you would think I would because a lot of what I post on like Facebook is just like one-off jokes, and it would be just as easy to post them on Twitter. But I just don't... I, Twitter as a, as a platform is confusing to me. Why? I don't know. It just doesn't resonate with me. I think it's because I had Facebook first, and Twitter seems so expansive and kind of useless to me. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I guess it does. I think I just... I enjoy it because I'm watching strangers, and I'm not, like, watching my cousin post racist shit.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> Why, do your cousins do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mine do. My cousins do that. I'm surprised that yours don't. Um, I
1: also, like, unfriended most of our family on Facebook a long time ago because I didn't i think facebook, most of our
0: extended family
1: i think i think facebook does this thing to families where private arguments become very public and yeah. you kind of lose your temper that much more quickly because it's happening in public
0: it's happening in public and there's also that like the keyboard mask yeah where it's like you feel emboldened because you don't have to look someone in the eye when you say something stupid yeah so uh yeah, we're going to do another episode about ranting about social media. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would I would agree with that. Uh, Twitter just seems so... I, I guess I like that it's strangers, but I almost don't like that it's strangers because it feels so impersonal. It feels like you're just like begging people to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what I don't like about it. It's like something can go farther faster, but... Almost for the wrong reason, it's like because you said yeah, one that. thing that just appeals to people. Yeah, you know, but uh, no, no tea. I don't. I don't hate Twitter. It just is not my.
1: I mean, it is also a hell site.
0: I mean, all of them are. There's really no, there's no redeeming quality about any one piece of social media. No. <laughs> no. Really Except isn't. the fact that we use it to reach you, the listeners. <laughs> Um yeah, it can be it can be quite a festering hellhole there <laughs> on any social media platform. But anyway, welcome back to my spooky gay family. <laughs> we do have a fun episode planned today. I I hope. I'm I'm torn about whether or not this is going to be a fun episode. It could be I I have a feeling I'm going to be complaining a lot, if I'm being honest. I,
1: yeah, but that can be fun.
0: Yeah, I hope so. <laughs>
1: because <laughs> otherwise, you know, this is going to be a real bad week.
0: <laughs> I don't think it'll be a bad week. I think this was just a tough movie, especially because I felt like I was looking at it with new eyes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We are, of course, this week going to be plunging ourselves into... The Nightmare on Elm Street World we already did A Nightmare on Elm Street the original
1: 1982
0: 1984
1: uh I'm not sure now Movie
0: I believe it's 1984 if I'm not mistaken because this one uh came out in 1985 Who knows? Uh <laughs> we are going to be we are going to be doing uh A Nightmare on Elm Street 2 It was it was 1984, okay. A Nightmare on Elm Street and 19 Nightmare on Elm Street Two came out in 1985. We are doing a Nightmare on Elm Street Two: Freddy's Revenge, and this movie is trash. But beyond that,
1: (laughs) but it's gay trash. It's
0: gay trash. (laughs) It is iconic for being kind of Pride
1: Month. uh, Yeah, yeah.
0: Happy Pride. We're going to talk about gay trash. (laughs) <laughs> this is a cult queer movie that has somehow become beloved by gay audiences. It, what was your first exposure to this movie?
1: I think I watched it as a teenager at some point. I didn't... I just thought it was weird. Mm. Like, I didn't immediately go, oh, this is a gay movie. Like, there were a couple of moments in there where I'm like, okay, this is kind of a weird thing. But, like, I never thought that, like, a mainstream horror movie would have homosexual subtext.
0: Yeah. When you're young, it, like, it doesn't seem possible that... Or I should say when we were young, it didn't seem possible that that would be a thing that existed in the world.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I wasn't... And I also don't know how... Like, one of my notes on this is I don't know watching it this time having seen scream queen the documentary that we did Mm -hmm. an episode on last year if i'm not looking for it now like is it really that egregious or do i just know to look for it now and
0: that's kind of that's kind of where i found myself in this in the dissection of this movie (laughs) was like I really felt like I was watching it with new eyes and knowing knowing the effect that it had on Mark Patton afterward it felt exploitative and it felt bizarre and weird where like before it was just funny and kind of assumedly bad yeah there was something egregious about it in this watch and exploitative and, and weird and ma- malicious. Especially because... Uh, let's get into the specifics. This movie was directed by Jack Shoulder, not Wes Craven. Yeah. Um, and it was written by David Chaskin, who is a walking piece of uh, shit. So...
1: Yeah, that was kind of... Like, I spent the whole movie picturing that guy. Me too. And, like, watching it going, like, he wrote this, and he's still insisting that this wasn't his fault? (laughs) Like, (laughs) he's saying it's Mark Patton's fault? (laughs) Mark Patton's fault? and Like, that's (laughs) insane!
0: And the thing is, like, then you look at someone like Jack's shoulder, and it's like, well, what was your role in all of this? Because that was kind of... I feel like he was kind of exempt from the whole
1: scream queen Yeah, he was, like, completely absolved of it, and, like, I don't think that he should have been, because, like, not for nothing, like, At the risk of sounding offensive, like when Jesse screams in this movie. You know what,
0: Uh, kids, we're going to take a quick break because my uh, pump is letting me know that my blood sugar is low. So we're going to take a quick break and come right back. Hold that thought. Okay. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Sorry about that, kids. We had to take a, a little break. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I I have thought so many times about like silencing my alarms and and things mm-hmm. uh, while we're recording, but I think it would be a dangerous and b dishonest of me. Like, I actually almost think it's it's good to have it happen when it happens because. It's it's almost in a strange way, like a bit of ad- advocacy. <laughs> it's like, this is my life. Things go wrong right in the middle of other shit, you know. Yeah. While we were recording the mini soda earlier, my blood sugar was spiking for no real reason. I was drinking a sugar-free Red Bull that has next to no carbs, but it spiked my blood sugar anyway. And then, um, so I corrective bolus and ended up crashing and it's like well this is my life now so I think it would be dishonest for me not to uh take care of it just in real time so apologies for the the break you were talking about Jack's shoulder well I'll let you get back into it
1: yes I think what I was saying was that I didn't want to say something offensive (laughs) but um I'm going to say something that's mildly offensive um Mark Patton does in fact scream like a girl in this movie Mm mm-hmm and I think Jack Shoulder is directly to blame for that. I agree. Because any director that didn't want this to come across as kind of gay
0: would, have would probably
1: have told him to butch it up
0: a bit. Well, and you know, I, I've i never read the shooting script, so I don't know. Maybe it says he screams in a high-pitched voice. I suppose that's possible. Because there are other moments in the movie where he screams and it's not high-pitched.
1: Yeah, No, there are like two or three scares where he screams like normally. but
0: Yeah, so it seems almost intentional when it happens that it was supposed to be this kind of, for lack of a better word, homophobic moment (laughs) where it's like we're all supposed to kind of laugh at how high he's screaming.
1: And it's also like when the coach dies, like he's not even screaming. He's shrieking, shrieking. Like it's shrill, it's high pitched, like it is it is shriller than I have heard women scream in other movies. Yeah. So it's like you can't tell me that this wasn't fucking deliberate. Yeah,
0: and I don't I don't think it was Mark Patton's choice or fault.
1: No, I, I agree. I don't think it was either.
0: I think a lot of it um kind of falls on the on the Hefty shoulders of David Has- uh David <laughs> Chaskin, um, and you know what? I think that's a good place to start this conversation. What What were your general feelings about this movie?
1: <sighs> Nightmare Two is kind of a weird one because, mm-hmm. like, it's campy. It's kind of the beginning of it's kind of the beginning of the Freddy movies because I always feel like a Nightmare on Elm Street is a different animal than the sequels.
0: Yeah, it really doesn't feel like any of the other ones. Even the ones where Freddy is like funny and silly, yeah. uh, like like Nightmare Four. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a an acid trip. It's bizarre yeah. and and fucking weird. But this one doesn't feel like that. Even Freddy in this one doesn't feel like that. He's still no, and kind he of
1: kind of looks weird. Like yeah, he looks kind of goopy.
0: Goopy, <laughs> and they tried to like spook him up. Yeah. Spooky him up, I should say. Um, It was like... uh, I I don't know. There was something about Freddy that didn't feel like Freddy in this one. Even between this one and the first one. The first one, he was much scarier to me. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it was... I had a hard time really finding a moment that was particularly scary.
1: Yeah, they're really there aren't a lot
0: of scares there
1: aren't a lot of scares in this movie and i i think that like david chaskin was kind of going for like a psychological horror thing but he did it really fucking badly
0: yeah so like
1: <laughs> it just and also i have absolutely no compunction about shitting on david chaskin for the rest of the no episodes. nor do i so, especially
0: after having seen scream queen so
1: like forgive me for being unkind but i don't give a shit
0: yeah, I don't really um, care either. <laughs> we but, don't make a lot of money for this podcast, so we're not beholden to anybody. Like, you better get ready. We are about to not shit David all fucking over. Chaskin. Yeah, we're gonna shit all over David Chaskin. Like, we're Stormy Daniels. <laughs> get ready, girl. You are you are here for a a, a big brown no, shower.
1: But like, yeah, no, I think he was going for kind of a psychological horror thing that didn't work at all. Like, Freddy's barely in the movie. Until like, the end when he's really
0: he, not very Freddy esque.
1: Yeah, when he's not really Freddy esque at all. Mm-hmm. And like I also think it was too early
0: in the franchise to like to do the haunted victim.
1: I think it was too early too. I think that if nothing else, the thing that made the first one so cool was the dream kills. Yeah. And we didn't get any of those. Any dream in kills this in this movie. So it's like, why would you fuck it up that severely? Like, this doesn't feel like it was supposed to be a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It feels like it was supposed to be a different horror movie. And they just slapped Freddy in there and went, okay, we're cool. Let's go.
0: That was exactly how I felt about it. And I even, I even made a note uh, about the fact that, like, this movie just... Doesn't really hit the notes for me. I wrote, as Queer Camp, this is gold, but as a sequel, it's hot garbage. How did it even get made? Like, this is the kind of sequel you expect to see around like four, five, six. Yeah. Whereas this is a direct sequel to a hit horror movie.
1: And a really good hit horror movie. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even like oh, it was popular, but it kind of sucked. Like like Nightmare on Elm Street is a really good movie. Yeah. So like, why would you fuck with the formula that severely? <laughs> and
0: that quickly. It's like people weren't, you didn't even give people a, tired to be, uh, a, tired, a chance to be tired of the premise. It's like, it would have been just as scary to have Freddy killing people in their nightmares. Yeah, it would have one. been
1: way scarier. To be perfectly honest, like one of my favorite movies in the series is number three. Dream Warriors is one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. And it's because we get back to Freddy, like, that's Freddy the one where, the we, where we have sequence. the marionette and, like, all these other creepy shit.
0: Well, because he gets to be so much more unbelievable. In this one...
1: And creative.
0: Yeah. In this one, you get the, like... You get the the balls. Yeah. <laughs> which was, like, also kind of a, a pointed yeah. homophobic metaphor for the for Coach What's-His-Tits. And, you know, the, he gets slapped with a towel... Yeah. And it's and it, like none of the kills are that terribly creative, but.
1: No, he just gets slashed down the back. Like there's nothing like.
0: Yeah. And, and birds. We get, we get yeah. flaming birds.
1: <laughs> all I could think of during that fucking scene was almost heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you damn bird. <laughs> when he's got the broom and he's like staring up at it like he's going to hit it. Like all well, I could think of oh, was yeah. Chris Farley. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I,
0: if you guys have never seen Almost Heroes, it is one of our favorite movies. I've been trying to get David to watch this movie for literally years. Yeah. Years. It is one of our favorite childhood movies. It's absolutely ridiculous and nonsensical. And if I'm being honest, in today's age, probably a little bit racist. But, like, <laughs> this movie is so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Yeah, it... it Definitely has some odd colors in it, but you should all watch Almost Famous. It's very, Almost very Heroes. funny. Almost Almost Heroes. Famous
1: is a very different movie.
0: I always do that. Every time <laughs> I'm talking about it, I always say the wrong title. Um, but anyway, yeah, sorry. Nightmare Two. This one it just didn't have any like fun kills, and then most of what Freddie is doing is outside the realm of sleep. Yeah, no, even especially at the pool party, it's like who what. what How did we get here? We just changed the whole thing. Freddy is like free to walk around, but he's not in. uh, What's his name? Jesse. Jesse's body.
1: Yeah, it's not like Jesse goes apeshit at the party. It's definitely Freddy. It's Freddy. Freddy has taken over his body and Jesse's in a weird Freddy cocoon that gets pulled (laughs) off later. After True Love's Kiss.
0: True Love's Kiss. <laughs> they pulled a once injured. upon a time on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie is not without its issues, if I'm being honest. And again, I'm going to unload a lot of that onto David Chaskin. And I'm going to, I'm going to go 80-20 on this. I'm going to say 80% David Chaskin and 20% Jack Shoulder. Because... Jack Shoulder can't rewrite the script, but he is at the helm of this like this this boat that is riding directly into a tidal wave. Yes, <laughs> and it's like he did not turn around. He no. just Captain John Smith his way right into this <laughs> shit. And he was like, "Well, we're going down, kids. <laughs> Hold on to something." It was <laughs> there was really no redemption. <clears throat> but it begged the question for me, how did this movie become such a cult gay icon?
1: I I think it's just... I think it's like, it's bad representation, but it feels like representation anyway. Mm. And I think people are kind of drawn to that.
0: Especially at the time.
1: Yeah. And I mean, granted, it's gotten more popular as time has gone on. <laughs> which is kind of unfathomable to me. I know. (laughs) But, um, no, I I think people look at it as, oh, look at this like weird thing that happened in the, in the mid (laughs) eighties where, like,
0: (laughs) yeah, It, it, it really is just a bizarre amalgamation of tropes. and, I can't really say exactly why I think it's cult. I mean, there is there are endless amounts. There is endless amounts are endless, is, is endless. Is there endless. is endless amounts of homoeroticism in this movie. So yes. for that reason I see why it became such a queer cult movie.
1: Yeah. But you would think the homophobia would balance that out.
0: <laughs> but again, we've had this conversation about how like, it was just a different time watching movies. Then it was like, there was homophobia and everything, you know, yeah. I was watching uh big biz, not big Mrs. Um, Down and Out in Beverly Hills mm-hmm. the other day, which is a really famous Bette Midler and Richard Dreyfus movie. And Nick Nolte is in it. And it's like, even for being kind of ahead of its time about queer issues, there is like kind of blatant, what would now be perceived as homophobia in it. And then you look at a movie like sleep away camp yeah. and all the other movies we've talked about. It's like, it was there. The conversation was just so radically different. You can't look at it through the lens of today because it's just never going to hold up.
1: Yeah, I know. And I'm not arguing that like this movie should never be watched again or something yeah. like that. I'm just saying that I don't understand. I don't understand why people love it so much.
0: It's silly, and I get that, and as a gay man, it is entertaining because it, like, there is something that reminds me of gay male adolescence Mm -hmm. in this. There are pieces, obviously, that are, for lack of a better word, utterly strange, but...
1: Like, the fact that Jesse is basically naked for, like, 90% of the movie...
0: Oh, that did not, that is not at all something that bothered me. <laughs> but, and, and I don't mean that just in a joking way. i yeah. like, I don't see how it's any different than a Friday the 13th. You know what I mean? It's just the, fi- you literally see Bush in Friday the
1: 13th. Yeah, I know. But you don't <laughs> see, you don't see Alice's Bush in Friday the 13th. It's no. just, if you're going to treat him like a final girl. He probably shouldn't be naked for the whole movie.
0: But he's not naked. He's shirtless, and there's one scene where you see his butt. But it's not, it's not sexual. It's he yeah, gets I in know. a fight. And uh and also I have a note about that scene that is very uh important. Mm-hmm. When he first meets Grady and on the baseball field yeah. and and they're they get into that fight where Grady ends up pulling his pants down. <laughs> that
1: Greek wrestling match that they had, yeah.
0: You know, the the one thing I will say that this movie brought about, I, I was surprised, it brought about a really unexpectedly philosophical question for me. Okay, And I was like, what was the original intent of the jockstrap? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, what straight guy was like, hear me out? <laughs> Underwear but only in the front. <laughs> like who was like who what who was like I'd really love to play baseball but I don't want panty lines. This is that's not a thing. Why th- and it's called a jock strap. It's an athletic strap and I know that it was used to wear a cup, but there's no reason you could have put you couldn't have put that pocket on a a pair of boxer briefs. I don't understand where the jock strap came from. It honestly probably was Coach Schneider, <laughs> if, if, if we're getting into it. Probably. <laughs> Coach Schneider was one of my least favorite characters in a movie I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I don't think that, that that's hard. I mean, he basically just... His, his whole role is be an asshole and chew gum.
0: And like, also, in a weird way, just kind of be useless Like, he's basically the laziest gym teacher anyone has ever had. And I've had some lazy gym teachers. I
1: mean, that's fair, but he is not actually the most useless character in this film.
0: Who would you argue is?
1: Jesse's father. Mm. Jesse's father is the most useless human being in this film.
0: Yes, but oddly entertaining.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, I hated him like i absolutely hated him every time he came on screen i'm just like please tell me freddy's gonna kill this guy because it had been a while since i'd seen it i mean he did deserve
0: to die he doesn't by the way but which is
1: such a waste david chaskin fuck you
0: well yeah you know he is a waste but he reminds me of those like old dads (laughs) and uh also we need to talk about jesse's mother
1: what about her? Because <laughs> she, I,
0: I was like, their son is what, seventeen?
1: If he's driving,
0: maybe yeah, I eighteen. I mean, at the time he could have been fifteen or sixteen, probably, if he was driving. But yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say seventeen. Okay. This woman. She had to escape Freddy. She would have to pick a lock with her AARP card. This woman <laughs> was so old, and the father too. They were like geriatric. Were and I was <laughs> like, I was like, can we just call a spade a spade and say that Cloris Leachman passed on this role? This, she looked exactly <laughs> like Cloris Leachman. It was bizarre. There were a lot of lookalikes in this movie. Who else? You tell me, with a straight face, that. Kim Myers, the the woman who played Lisa, yeah, was not a dead fucking ringer for Meryl Streep.
1: It is kind of weird, isn't it? She has the same face structure.
0: Literally the same fucking face. And uh, you know what? I'm going to give her... I'm going to pay her a compliment. Is a... a Pretty good actress.
1: Yeah, no, she does a good job. She is that.
0: talented. I really liked her. I thought she brought ability to a character that otherwise would have been I pretty mean, forgettable. She
1: made whatever the fuck it was that Jesse was doing to her tits look like it was a good time. So, I mean, like, it.
0: He was gay, so
1: I. I know, but like, I remember watching that, going like, Lisa, how did you not know? What is he doing to you right now? Like, I can't well, even figure out what the, he's trying to do. The answer is
0: hiding her nipples <laughs> because <laughs> they didn't want to be NC seventeen. Um. Yeah, I've, the whole thing was bizarre. But I did really like Kim Myers. I thought she was very talented. And again, I really thought she made Lisa very likable. Because I don't think Lisa was either likable or not likable. She was almost forgettable, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, no, she's not the strongest I, I, character.
0: And I don't mean that she was. I mean that she could have been, were it not for Kim Myers, who I thought was a very... um talented actress who brought a lot of nuance to an otherwise pretty poorly written character
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it's like lisa's even kind of the hero of this movie Mm -hmm. and like the writing for her is just so fucking flat that it's like how am i supposed to believe that this bitch is like (laughs) the one who's going to save the day. <laughs> like, I mean, she
0: is a pretty strong character. When it come when it really gets down to brass tacks, you know, she's the only person who actively attacks Freddy.
1: Yeah, but like those stabs were what was that? That was like
0: <laughs> Well, I and again, I think this is more a <clears throat> a testament to um David Fatkin's writing. <laughs> he He wrote this, he was trying to write a moment where it was supposed to be her battling with the idea that it was Freddie attacking her, but it was somehow Jesse's body. And between the design and the writing, it just was completely ineffective. And it made her look weak, where later she has this great moment where She stands up to Freddie Mm -hmm. and leading up to the kiss, which, by the way, was a better kiss than the one she had with Jesse.
1: Yeah.
0: um, That kiss was bizarre. It
1: was a really weird kiss.
0: If you want to talk about (laughs) scary moments in this movie, I was like, what just happened? (laughs) It reminded me of, did you ever see Not Another Teen Movie?
1: Yeah, I did. When
0: Chris Evans is like, I know that you've never kissed a man. And it's like the old woman who's pretending to be a high schooler and Mm -hmm. she's a reporter. And then they just have like the wettest, sloppiest, most disgusting looking kiss. (laughs) That was what this was. It was like, it was like, it it was like watching Stevie Wonder try to make out with Helen Keller. I was like, somebody (laughs) find a pair of lips. Like just anybody reach out and touch each other. Where the fuck is Neil Diamond when you need him?
1: Especially because, like, they do this, like... this These two little, like, chaste kisses first, where it's, like, kind of on the cheek, almost on the mouth. Yeah. And then it's just... It's just chaos. Yeah, like- and I think
0: it's supposed to read as, like, virginal. Yeah. But it just reads as, like, utterly bizarre. Incompetent.
1: Like- it reads as incompetent. It's like... <laughs>
0: The most literal expression of a first kiss I've ever seen. And I actually think my first kiss was better than that.
1: Mine probably wasn't. I'll I'll, give them that.
0: (laughs) You're like, my first kiss, I licked her forehead.
1: (laughs) No, it wasn't quite that bad, but it wasn't great.
0: I mean, this was offensive.
1: It was was really bad. It was... uh,
0: If we're talking what was scary about this movie, that was probably the only thing. That and the weird, like, dogs with the faces. faces. Yeah. And I didn't even know who the faces were supposed to be, if I'm being honest.
1: I don't know that they were supposed to be anybody. I thought that they were just supposed to be weird.
0: It was so bizarre. And then the weird, like, cat rat thing. Yeah. And I was like, who why like why why is this a thing why (laughs) Why, david jester (laughs) why are cat rats (laughs) appearing now it was like there was just no redeeming quality about any of the scares in this to me
1: there really wasn't and like even in the school when he falls asleep and i'm sitting here going rip off of the first movie because Mm -hmm. like what the fuck and then the snake's crawling on him and i'm sitting here going like okay kind of a weird flex but okay it's a dream whatever yeah And then the snake is real and then like (laughs) like there's no way like how the fuck did the snake get on him without anybody noticing? That's what I'm saying. Someone would have had to have taken
0: it out of the tank and put it on him without the fucking Bueller-esque biology teacher noticing. I
1: assume we're supposed to guess, oh, it's Freddy, it's magic, but it's like. The snake still has to physically move. <laughs> like, <Ooh. laughs> like it's just it was so dumb. And like when I think about the fucking the 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 school scene in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's so one, it's scary. one of the best fucking scares in the entire movie. In the entire
0: franchise.
1: And it's like, how dare you? I how know. dare you, David Chaskin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say his name over and over David
0: Maskin robbins uh, Yes, I'm going to make fat jokes. I'm fat. I can do it. Everyone's going to be like, you shouldn't make fun of him for being." I'm fat. I have been called all kinds of names and I can do what I want. So suck the fart out of my ass. I don't care what anybody says anymore. I have had it. I'm tired. I'm cranky. I'm talking about Nightmare 2. I'm talking about Nightmare 2. I had to watch this shitty movie today. (laughs) I'm going to do what I want. Um, Were there kills in this movie that you found to be entertaining?
1: I mean, Grady's kind of was just because he was kind of also getting like choked while he got slashed. But that's Mm -hmm. kind of the most complex kill in this movie.
0: Yeah, and and he's probably one of the only characters who dies that you Feel even slightly care about. about. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say that Grady's is probably the most effective kill because everyone else, I don't think any of the other kills in this movie besides the coach yeah. are like named characters.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. I think the rest of them are just random pool party goers.
0: How bizarre! That yeah, didn't like, even occur to me until the one right guy now. Who
1: tries to like talk Freddy down is like as close as we get to like caring about someone that Freddy
0: kills. Yeah, but who gives a <laughs> like, shit? Nobody likes that guy. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, like Mister, like Junior Woodchuck Scout over here <laughs> is, like, is like, I've taken basic fucking hostage negotiations, <laughs> and is just like, listen, student class president, like we don't need to. <laughs> We don't need to play this game right now. I'm
0: just imagining him walking up to Freddy and being like, listen, I'm going to poke your eye out with my thumb if you don't get (laughs) off there, you little bastard.
1: It's like, look at this motherfucker. He has knives growing out of his fingers. He wasn't even wearing the glove. The knives were coming out Out of of his his fucking hand. I know. And you're like, just calm down. No one's going to hurt you. It's like when Freddy said, help yourself, fucker, I'm like, this is the best line in the entire fucking movie. This is the only line so far that I have identified with and completely agreed with <laughs> is Freddy saying, help yourself, fucker. Yeah. Like, <coughs> we finally
0: me. get a taste of future Freddy.
1: Yeah. Like, thank God. Like, Freddy was Freddy for all of like half a second.
0: Yeah. Two minutes in this movie. Uh, yeah. I don't know if there were that many kills that really appealed to me in this movie. I was kind of sad that he didn't kill the sister. If I'm being honest. Yeah. And it's not even because I didn't like her, but it would have been shocking. And it would have been. um, It would have upped the stakes. It would have upped the stakes. And I think it would have been a more emotional road to go down.
1: Even if he had just hurt her in some way. Yeah. Like she didn't necessarily have to die. But even if he had just like cut her.
0: Slashed her or something and she ended up having to like go to the hospital and get yeah. stitches and then it creates the rift with him and his family again and his his mother goes back to like huffing glue in the kitchen <laughs> you know
1: and his dad goes back to like fucking looking for gas leaks in the sink <laughs> 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 that whole situation when it, after the bird explodes and he's to say they're going you know what he did? <laughs> 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 you know what he did he took a firecracker it was in a the bird <laughs> So you're going like i understand what? that this guy's supposed to be clueless but in what fucking universe <laughs> like did you see him throw a cherry bomb? <laughs> <laughs> like, like what did he do he fed the bird a lit cherry. <laughs> <laughs> like how
0: polly want a firecracker <laughs> that whole scene was fucking ridiculous it
1: was just so stupid
0: and the second she put The cover on the cage, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. And then the cage starts shaking and they all start like looking at it and they start walking toward it. And I was like, I was like, can you just let the birds get freaky? Leave them alone. (laughs) I was like, these poor birds are just trying to enjoy the one part of their day. You're not fucking ruining with your fucking toaster fires.
1: (laughs) It's just, like, they immediately take out the broom. Like, they're going to, like, bash this thing's head in. And I'm sitting here going, like, isn't this, like, the family pet? <laughs> and they're <laughs> acting like it has a yeah. knife. Like, I was like, what? Was like, it's a bird. Because it cut the father's cheek. It's, like, because it pecked at him once. And they're like, well, fuck you. <laughs> well, we
0: better get the gun. <laughs> I was like, I, my note about it was, like, are we supposed to be afraid of a canary? I was like, Why? Why is this such a horrific quote unquote movie or moment in this movie? I was like, this is bizarre to me. It's like
1: the bird with Tippy Head. The
0: bird. The (laughs) one bird. One
1: singular bird. One
0: (laughs) singular bird. He's doing a production of a chorus line. They interrupted, and he was like, I don't want it! This was my moment. No, but
1: yeah, the dad is fucking useless and I hated him and I really wanted him he to. He is
0: useless and honestly, I think the most unlikable thing about him is early on in the movie, he reminded me of Mike Pence <laughs> because he calls the mom mother. Did he really? He did. I and it that. actually confused me because she looked so old. I thought she was supposed to be his mother and she was the <laughs> grandmother. And and I was like, "No, I think she's supposed to be the mom." Uh um, and it was very confusing because he does. He calls her mother, and it, I was I, I, when I realized it was just the mom. I was like, "Oh, like <laughs> what? What in the Mormon Tabernacle <laughs> Choir are we watching? How horrific!" I was like, "This is some Handmaid's Tale bullshit," and I am not here for this. <laughs> you know. We've ragged a lot on this movie, but yeah i there are some there are some things that I did like about it, okay. did you have anything you liked? <laughs> <laughs> wow, bombarding um, me with
1: statements, sorry, um I. I kind of like the pool party massacre. Like, it's totally out of character and, like, doesn't make any sense in the franchise. But, like, mm-hmm. it was a cool little sequence. Like, it was fun, I guess. Yeah.
0: I didn't really understand what the logic of it was. Because they were like, literally, the d- Lisa's dad yeah. is in the middle of cooking on the fucking grill. And then the mom's like bedtime and he's like gotta go. And I, and I was like what? I was like who just leaves like 25 teenagers in a lit grill to be yeah. like better go upstairs and fuck my wife. <laughs>
1: He's like, like Mr.
0: Green. They
1: instantly pull out a radio flyer filled with beer. And I'm like, how did you get that into the fucking... Like, like?" Well, and that was
0: the thing. The second the lights go out, yeah. they were like, they just jacked the volume and went to fucking town. And I was like, you would think they got in the car and drove the fuck away. And then the mom's <laughs> like, they're kids. And I was like, in what world? In the <laughs> 80s? In the 80s, we're not even talking about, like, irresponsible parents of of our generation. This is the 80s, when it was like satanic panic, (laughs) the children are being possessed by Dungeons and Dragons. Like, we're going to let the kids have a rager in the fucking backyard? (laughs) What what is happening?
1: No it was it was dumb but at least Freddy got his body count up a little bit like
0: I mean he needed to because like seriously no did. one was going to bed.
1: Yeah, no one was dying, no <laughs> one was sleeping in this movie. It was
0: like <laughs> I was having a daymare. Day <laughs> like it, it nobody went to bed. No I don't think anybody even slept in this movie.
1: I don't think Lisa went to sleep at all because you would think at some point Lisa would have had a Freddy <laughs> nightmare.
0: She just takes caffeine pills twenty four hours a day. She hasn't slept in sixteen years. They're like, they're like, she never goes to bed. She's a vampire.
1: This is like, I'm an automaton. <laughs> I am a robot from the future.
0: A robot. <laughs> there were some things I liked. I will say, I really did like Mark Patton in this movie. I did too. I like, found him to be an enjoyable final like boy. for for
1: what he was fucking given. Yeah. Like, he did a great job.
0: <laughs> and to be fair, he was attractive. So, like, you know, all the shirtless scenes and the the pants coming off, I was like, okay, I'm fine with this. And, like, even the scene when he's dancing in his room and yeah. doing that bizarre nonsense was, like
1: <laughs> at least kind of, yeah, like.
0: <laughs> like, at least it was kind of fun. Yeah. It was silly. And I think, again, in the wrong hands could have been even more bizarre yeah <laughs> but because of Mark Patton was made likable mm-hmm. um I just I I think he and Lisa are the, the Kim Myers are really the redeeming qualities of this movie and obviously Robert England you know Robert England is
1: for the whole like 20 seconds that he's in it yeah
0: yeah and he does a great job <clears throat> with what he's given considering David Carol Baskin is uh, (laughs) giving him nonsense. Yeah. But I think discussing Mark Patton really brings about the rest of the conversation that needs to be had about this movie. There is blatant homophobia in this movie. And I was like, David Chaskin is either just like a fucking turd like like a blob of fat with with glasses Uh or he is a fag and a half like there is no in between (laughs) i i really don't think there's any way of explaining this movie without it without some kind of explanation like that yeah because
1: like it's kind of weird because, like you were saying, you that, you think that it's kind of a weirdly accurate representation of gay male adolescents.
0: It's I, like, I don't know if I'd say accurate, but, but there are there reminiscent are reminiscent of there are moments that mm-hmm. felt I, I wouldn't say genuine, but not outside the realm of playful in like Hollywood land. okay. you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that's the best way I could put it that makes sense. But that said, it is fucking garbage most yeah. of the time. Uh you know, it it felt a lot like they were poking fun at this like <laughs> scrawny kid and like it it this whole movie felt like someone wrote fag on his locker to me.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh,
0: it, you know, the dance in the room though fun and silly from a camp perspective when you're looking at it just in terms of this being a horror sequel is like, what was the intention here?
1: I mean, I'm sure it was just supposed to be kind of a... Playful? Playful moment, but like... It just it comes across so strange. Like,
0: but even the thing with him going <laughs> to the gay bar...
1: Yeah. I
0: really don't even, if I'm being honest... Well, it's
1: supposed to be an S&M club. Well... The fact that there are dudes kissing each other. Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the thing that I found to be strange is, A, I didn't really understand why he went.
1: Yeah, he just kind of wandered there in his pajamas.
0: And happens to walk in to Coach Schneider. Yeah. And it's like, there had already been the joke that, uh, what's his name, Grady made, Mm -hmm. about, you know... Jesse being his type, he likes scrawny yeah. boys like you. And then all of a sudden, fucking Leather Daddy Schneider yeah. brings Jesse back to the school to run laps because he ran into him at an S&M bar.
1: Yeah, and then takes out a jump rope right before all the balls start shooting at him. And I think my note is just, what is that jump rope for? Yeah. And since when is Freddie in the business of stopping child molestation?
0: <laughs>
1: like
0: <laughs> number one, and number like, two, Freddy's it's like,
1: like I want that body. So uh, no, that's not
0: the one. <laughs> uh, yeah, the whole thing just felt like it was playing into the stereotype of gay men as pedophiles, and
1: yeah,
0: gay men as predators and uh, as being. <clears throat> evil and and malicious and uncaring it was it really read to me a lot like um david fuxkins was just really hammering home his homophobia in this scene that scene i think i found to be one of the most disagreeable and offensive to me
1: I think that's fair. I think it was also kind of weird during that scene that like while Schneider is being murdered like Jesse's taking this like really long shower <laughs> that yeah. we're, we keep cutting into and it's just like I remember sitting there watching it going like this looks like something you would do with a final girl. Like this, this looks like something you would do with a female lead in a horror movie. How do you and mean? <clears throat> because you get that shower sequence from the shoulders up like never mind the fact that jesse's shirtless for like 90 percent of this film like we don't during that shower scene i think see anything below, below his, shoulders. his shoulders and like well once he gets the me, glove you do yeah <clears throat> but it just seemed to me that it was such a feminizing way to shoot it
0: depict him yeah.
1: that it's like how can this not be intentional
0: hmm. i hadn't really thought of it that way it was very feminizing. And in a strange way, something that just occurred to me that I hadn't really thought about before was the fact that, like, you can look at this from a feminist perspective and say, well, Lisa is the hero, <clears throat> and that's a good thing. Yeah. But if you're looking at it in the through the lens of 1985, yeah. you've stripped... Jesse of his masculinity and he require he becomes the damsel in distress. Yeah.
1: And like, listen, there's nothing wrong with men being feminine. No. Like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But in this it's context, in the, it's within
0: the context of the rest of the in movie. In this
1: context, it's supposed to be emasculating.
0: Yeah. And that was how it felt to me. Yeah. So the this is where the the vehement hatred of David Chaskin. <laughs> uh comes from there is there is a lot of like just kind of blatant fuckery in this movie that I found to be really disagreeable especially with regard to the treatment of Mark Patton and you know A while back, we're talking quite a while back, we had our amazing friends Tyler Jensen and Roman Camienti on the podcast to discuss their documentary, Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. And it is an entire documentary that they did about the homophobia in this movie and the repercussions that this movie had for Mark Patton after the production of this movie. Mark Patton felt uh victimized by this movie he felt blackballed by this movie he he was perceived as gay by studio executives and was c- kind of considered uncastable it brought his career to a screeching halt he was made fun of he faced backlash it was like it was a major <laughs> major issue for him in his yeah, personal he life
1: a, he had a terrible time on this movie also if you want to watch that documentary it's on shutter right now it
0: is on shutter ding We wish we were getting a check. (laughs) Um, But it is. And it's an amazing documentary. I think anyone who's a fan of the podcast, excuse me, should go watch it. Because if you like like the movies we talk about, this is a really, really great dissection. And it gives you not only a better understanding of Mark Patton and his life and why he deserves to be lauded for his work... But it also gives you kind of an insight into the homeopho- the homophobia <laughs> homophobia of Hollywood in the nineteen eighties, and I'm sure before uh, and after, if I'm being honest. But also the homophobia that that David Chaskin subjected him to, and,
1: yeah, and that he say-
0: continues to yeah uh, really insist that he was not.
1: Yeah, doing he, intentionally. He basically in the documentary says everything except I have gay friends.
0: Yeah, but like <laughs> he took no responsibility.
1: Yeah, for like, if you want to know why we've been shitting on David Jaskin for an hour, go watch this documentary.
0: Yeah, go watch Scream Queen. <laughs> it is, it is an, a perfect, perfect explanation for why this movie is so, um, troubling to us. That said, if you don't look at it through the lens of this movie is homophobic, if you look at it through the lens of today, it is a little bit easier to enjoy in a strange way.
1: Yeah, I guess I can see that.
0: Because if you can if you can know that Mark Patton went on to find joy and to be celebrated for this movie and to actively partake in events related to this movie now and is finally getting the recognition he deserves for it Mm -hmm. it makes it safer to look at this as just a camp yeah weird movie and in that light it is a little bit easier to enjoy for me otherwise it's it's pretty (laughs) pretty difficult
1: i think i think my problem is that it's not even a good nightmare on elm street movie
0: that was my biggest complaint besides the homophobia
1: like seriously, if you take everything else out, it's just not a good nightmare movie.
0: Yeah, it's it's not a good sequel. No. It's it really takes all of Freddy's power away. It takes away everything that made Freddy so scary in the first one because the fear in Nightmare 1 was that everyone has to go to sleep at some yeah. point. You have to go to sleep and he will be there waiting for you. Yes. And it's like That was just not done at all in this movie. It was attempted because you have Jesse saying, if I'm stirring, if I'm whatever, to Grady, he was like, just wake me up, just wake me up, just wake me up. And it was like, but it kind of didn't matter because he got him while he was awake. So it's like, what's the fucking difference?
1: Yeah, it was really just to have the don't fall asleep line. Like that was really all it was.
0: And for no reason. It it was not effectively done. So I'm going to say David Chaskin is not only homophobic, but he's a bad writer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Your script is bad and you should feel bad.
0: (laughs) Basically. And I think you just named the episode. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. um, Yeah, I... I will say that this this movie can be enjoyable in certain moments. Yes. That said, uh David Chaskin is garbage and he never went on to have another successful movie, which is good. You do you know did you look up his IMDb? No, I didn't. He only did like five other movies. He did The Curse which was like relatively well per- received. Um And I've heard things about i Madman, but everything else was like, he wrote two teleplays for TV series Mm -hmm. and then one movie in the year 2000. And as far as I can see, has not written anything since. He's been an actor in several things.
1: That surprises me.
0: I mean, it's like three things. Yeah. And shockingly has worked in porn. What? Not... As a performer. Well, yeah, as a no, I
1: figured that it wasn't as a performer.
0: Yeah. As, as a, as some kind of, I'm assuming PA because okay. he's just a ratty shitty looking f- filth rat. And <laughs> uh, so I, I'm assuming he literally just like took a job as a PA or like a wire bundler just to be yeah. around naked people because he never gets to in his personal life. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be my best guess. If I yeah. if I had to venture out into, into the world of David Chaskin. Did did we miss anything? Am I forgetting anything about Nightmare 2?
1: I don't think so. I think we covered everything.
0: No scares. No Freddy. Not no good. Not really anything no. <laughs> else. But has some fun gay camp. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? What? We did not talk about the end of this movie.
1: No, we didn't. And we We also did not talk
0: about the weird cunnilingus moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was
0: surprised he stopped, if I'm being honest, because I don't think she would have been bothered by the tongue.
1: (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) I think if her eyes were open, she probably would be. I mean,
0: weird at first go with the flow. That's my that's my <laughs> motto. I think I think it would have proven to be much more agreeable than she might have considered. <laughs> that said, we do have the end of the movie, which yeah. we did not talk about for the most part. We have obviously Lisa's confrontation with Freddy. And again, this kind of like weird stripping Freddy of his power.
1: Yeah. In a kind of ineffective and stupid way
0: because we don't even get a good chase out of him
1: no and it's like it's harder to do the whole i don't believe in you thing when freddie has a physical body yeah like freddie is kind of half a ghost at the end of nightmare on elm street Mm -hmm. like he's not really he hasn't taken over a physical body he's not possessing someone yeah so like the whole i don't believe in you thing i feel like probably shouldn't have worked
0: yeah, it's kind of wasted in this one. It's yeah. like stripping him, stripping him of his power by just being like, "You're not real." I, I believe that Jesse's still in there. Kiss me, fat boy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this, this moment is uh, a little bit unpleasant if I'm yeah. being honest, uh, and really not terribly effective. Like no. you want a better confrontation with Freddy Krueger.
1: You do, especially if you're going to end him with fire.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: you want to have that be a bigger moment than him just kind of slumped against the railing, <laughs> the railing,
0: like, going, "Oh, oh my, my breast." <laughs> and then she like takes his hat off and yeah. Beauty and the Beast's him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not the. This is not the tea. No. I I did not. Uh, Unsubscribe. That is what I did. (laughs) But then you get the moment on the bus. Yeah. Also, he does... Robert England makes a cameo in the beginning of the movie as the bus driver. Yes, he does. uh, Which obviously is very quickly explained as the fact that uh, it is a dream of Jesse's. And they end up teetering on that like pedestal, that stone pedestal in the bus. And I was like, this is a fat girl nightmare. (laughs) I was like, could you imagine my fat my fat ass that bus would have been in the core of the earth i was like (laughs) me and freddie would just be down there burning like two witches we would be out done
1: i just remember thinking like did those two girls die like were they in the dream or was that just part of the like no like that's never explained. like why those two particular girls are still on the bus in this dream yeah i don't really know Like, I think it would have been kind of cool if they had, like, gone to school the next day and been like, oh, did you hear? Sally and Katie died last night.
0: (laughs) In a dream bus crash. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Were you shocked by the ending the first time you saw it?
1: Not really, because they were clearly doing the same thing that they did at the end of the first movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I... This movie steals like three moments from a nightmare on elm street
0: and the they're and the only significant they're moments. the only
1: significant moments and be none of them stick the landing <laughs>
0: <laughs> i it's don't like, even know if they touch the floor with their feet if like, i'm being honest
1: like honestly they just like, <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: they stick the landing but with their face <laughs> that's what the moments in this movie do <laughs> they made
1: friends with the floor <laughs>
0: <laughs> be one with the concrete
1: but like Yeah, no, it just, it seemed cheap. I think my note is actually that it was a cheap scare, like, and it wasn't even a particularly effective one.
0: Yeah, it was not even really scary, if I'm being honest. And so it was, it was for me disappointing, you know, and you can get away with not having a really bad final scare if there were really good scares in the rest of the movie. But when you just do this, like, lazy homage to the first one, that's predictable and really kind of trite it's like who cares we didn't need this
1: yeah no we really
0: didn't it would have been scarier if jesse had like woken up and gone downstairs and like finally been at peace with his parents Mm -hmm. and his mom like reached into the fridge and freddie like reached out grabbed her by the face and pulled her into the fridge and then you heard the laugh and it like faded to black or some shit
1: yeah no like there were there were better ways to do the the shock ending
0: yeah there are any any other way if i'm being honest yeah uh but i think i think i'm gonna call it on um, nightmare two i think we've gone about as far as we can with this one mm-hmm. if you are a fan of this movie let us know uh if you are not a fan of this movie also feel free to let us know we'd love to hear what your thoughts are um I, I won't say I hate this movie as much as I've kind of shit on it. I love Mark Patton. I really loved uh, Kim Myers. I thought, and obviously, you know, anything with Robert England I'm going to be down for. This movie is not without its merits, but generally speaking, out of 10. Like a three. A three to five, maybe.
1: I think a five is kind of generous.
0: It's generous, but I want to give Mark and Kim their dues. Okay. Is what it comes down to. Fair. I think they were really talented and deserved a lot more credit than they got for this movie. I think the the major issues with this movie are in the production. Yeah. And so I'm going to pull stars from, from uh, David Foreskin and <laughs> Jack Shoulder and... I, The rest is kind of up to everybody else. That said, give it a watch. Let us know what you think. And also be sure to check out Scream Queen on Shudder. It is streaming now. You can go check it out. Let us know your thoughts. And if we missed anything pivotal in this movie, I can't imagine what it was, but I'd love to hear it. Oh, you know what I did think was like just another really stupid moment? What's that? The first time he encounters Freddy. Yeah. When he sees him in the furnace in the basement. Yeah. I was like, who the fuck sees somebody like...
1: Oh, and then he just like walks away. And just
0: walks away (laughs) and then goes downstairs. I was like, this is fucking ridiculous and David Chaskin should just be punched.
1: There is another nope moment in this movie that I actually found pretty funny. It's when he opens the door and the little girl is doing the nursery rhyme, and then oh, he yeah. just, and then he just slowly shuts, shuts the door. The door. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, to be fair, that's probably what I would have done.
0: <laughs> no, thank you.
1: No, thank like, you. Like she was a Jehovah's Witness. I don't want it.
0: I don't need it. I don't want it. Uh, that is the 2,000 year old man. You're welcome. That said, yeah. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know what you thought. Send us your questions, comments, and concerns at spookygayfam at gmail.com. And that's it for Nightmare 2, Freddy's Revenge. So until next time, stay spooky and remember. Hey Grady, you remember your dreams? Only the wet ones. No talking my spooky gay family features music by nate walker artwork by david alon and this episode contains clips from nightmare on elm street 2 Freddy's revenge distributed by new line cinema 1985 please subscribe on itunes leave us a nice message and follow us on facebook instagram twitter and patreon my spooky gay family is a product of barbara Duel productions